Listen to the future on Touch HD. So, I'm catching up today with Dutoy Hoffman, who is the sales and marketing manager for Eagle's Nest, which is a gorgeous little property in Constantia in the Western Cape. Dutoy, hi. Thanks for joining us at Touch. Thank you. Morning, Carrie. Thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. So now, let's just get everybody completely familiarized with where we are. Explain to us the sort of geographical location of Eagle's Nest. Sure. Um, so, as you mentioned, we um located in the historic Constantia Valley, um, sure as most of your listeners would know the cradle of of winemaking in the cape yes well the first winemaking farm ever good constantia absolutely absolutely so all the constantia properties were initially part of the original critter constantia were they were they all part of that Constantia? all part of the original critter constantia and then through the years the original critter constantia got sectioned off into smaller pieces um now today there's about 10 uh producing properties within constantia we located more on the northern end of Constantia. So basically in the south, the southern end of Constantia would be Steenburg. Um, and then you'll yes. find Constantia, Eitzig. You go up the hill, sort of, Eitzig, and you keep going up and you get to you. Absolutely. So we're on the northern end. Um, so we're the younger properties within Constantia. So that section of the farm, that's Aspo, Constantia, and Constantia Glen, uh, were all established post-2000. So uh, what happened? Did somebody carve up... How did Stenberg, did they buy from the government? Because the Constantia was government-owned, wasn't it? It's owned by a trust, I think. Correct Constantia? Yes. Um, as far as I know, Correct Constantia is government-owned, yes. It's government-owned owned by a trust. So did they sell off pieces of Correct Constantia, so to speak? I mean, we're talking now... Long I mean, ago. We're talking long, now long, long, long ago. ago. So yeah. I'm not 100% familiar I'm with... I'm not all that familiar with But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Correct Constantia established late 1600s. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, through the years, it got sectioned off, I think, initially yeah. into Correct Constantia, Clan Constantia. But today, there's nine producing properties, starting with Steenburg all the way on uh, on the southern end, um, ending... Uh, um, Steenburg, Constantia, Eitzig, Beitenverwachting, Klein Constantia, Grit Constantia. And then as you go up the hill um, towards Constantia Neck, it's Eagle's Nest, uh, Constantia Glen, and Bo, Bo Constantia. Constantia. And that stretches yeah. about four, five, eight, nine kilometers, uh, four, five hundred hectares of vineyards. So. And, your, and your property sort of looks out so over Hout Bay, so to speak. Does it look that way? Uh, we don't look out towards Hout Bay, so we face towards the, the north and the east, and then we've got one west-facing slope, which faces towards Constantia Neck. Yes. Um, so our vistas are more towards the peninsula, um, yes. towards the False Bay coastline. Um, and so of we, course, create quite a very specific microclimate for you and Constantia Glen and Bow Constantia up there. You've got a very specific little microclimate, haven't you? Absolutely. It's an absolutely extraordinary site um, if we talk about wines. Mm. Um, I mean, the vineyards are down, uh, start at about 100 meters above sea level in there. Yeah. It's all terraced vineyards. That and what have you got planted down in the valley, down as low as 100 meters? Quite interesting. Um, and we've got four hectares of Merlot, four hectares of Shiraz, and two hectares of Viognia, a little bit of Cabernet Franc. But those varieties are all planted at different altitudes. So some of them would be planted at 100 meters and they range up to about 400 meters above sea level. Okay. So that necessitates small batch fermentation. So yes. from about four hectares of Shiraz, we would ferment or pick, ferment and produce about 10, 12 batches of Is Shiraz. Is that all you've got? Four hectares of Shiraz? Is Absolute, that all you have? Tiny, tiny. Yeah, no, it's, That's uh, so it's, cute. A, it's That's a boutique, very diddy, yes. Boutique property, absolutely. Yeah. But and last night, I mean, yesterday you swung by my shop and left me three bottles of wine. I just have to tell my listeners. <laughs> 
I sat last night at home and I opened up a bottle of Merlot, a bottle of Shiraz, and a bottle of Viognier once it was cold. And Detoy will speak to us about all three of those. But without giving away too many secrets, my advice to you is rush to the nearest bottle store you can and buy yourselves a bottle of each. There are super, super smart wines. They really are. So thank you for those samples. They were great. Oh, thank you for the kind comments. So you've got, down a, further down the valley, you've got some Shiraz, you've got some Merlot, and you've got some Viognier. And then we're going further up to the high top, top, top. Um, yeah, so um, as, I, as I might have mentioned, um, these varieties are planted at all at different altitudes. Um, so Shiraz would oh, range see from what 100 you're saying. meters. So you've got some at 100 and some at 300 and maybe some at 400. Exactly. Okay. So 10, 12 batches of Shiraz gets produced every year, and those become the building blocks of the final Eagle's Nest Shiraz that would mm. be the one you tasted to um, yesterday. Yes. Yes. So that's basically, you know, it just creates all these different nuances and layering yes. and complexity in the wine because they all ripen at different times. I mean, at, yes. the, at 400 meters above sea level, I mean, the vistas are incredible. You look down towards False Bay, mm. the wind gusts in of the ocean. It's a cold water ocean. It's the Atlantic Ocean. So you get that cold maritime hydration and and sort of aeration of your vineyards which is so important for beautiful ripening absolutely creates exceptionally long hang times Mm. at lower altitudes there's less exposure to the wind so those blocks would ripen at different times yeah so we would pick our shiraz over a spectrum of probably four or five weeks all at different uh, times different batches and and those essentially become the building blocks of the of the final wines and who's your winemaker now because you've got a new winemaker well relatively new so we've got a, a, a wonderful, uh, talented winemaker called Duran Cornell. Um, he's, he's very just, cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's um, spent. Uh, he's just completed his second vintage at Eagle's Nest. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, you know it's amazing winemakers these days. You know, at thirty years of age, I they've know. done vintages across the world. I know. Um, amazing. Where did you steal him from? He was the assistant winemaker at Klein Constantia mm-hmm. um, uh, for I think three, four years before yes. joining Eagle's nest yes. for us also fantastic as we've had since the inception of eagle's nest uh, we've had martin minard as, yes, our, as a consultant uh, as our consultant and martin's, martin's an old boyfriend of mine oh really <laughs> <laughs> his wife would love to hear that you know what i mean when i say boyfriend we worked together at anglo-american farms a thousand years ago uh, well that's right in fact Lechen was his he's uh, one of the in my opinion one of the best Gently, one of the best winemakers in the country. Absolutely, and I mean for us and for Duran, I mean to have someone of his stature and experience to you yes. know assist when it comes to Makes blending. A big difference. You know, a soundboard is phenomenal, and since yeah. our very first vintage, Martin has been involved. So I didn't um, know that. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic to have, have him as part of the. De Toy. So we've got a Viognier. We'll talk about Viognier in a minute, but we've got Viognier, we've got Shiraz, we've got Merlot. Are those the only grape varieties that you vinify on the farm? Um, it is the only varieties that we vinify um, on the farm, um, although we've got a, a small block of Cabernet Franc oh, have you? Uh, on the property. It could hot. be delicious. It's absolutely delicious. There's every other temptation to keep that separate as a separate component. Um, but um, it's a, for us a component to play around with for blending, specifically uh, with Merlot. Um, yes. As, as you would know, especially right bank, well, right bank, yeah, right bank Merlot. dominated blends with a bit of Cabernet Franc is, yeah. is quite quite classic. Um, yes. So it's fantastic for us to have that component to play with. So when can we expect one of those to be released? Cabernet Franc or, you know, Cabernet we, Franc Merlot blend. <laughs> 
we've we've always played around with Cabernet Franc um, since inception. Um, but as you know, in South Africa, if you've got eighty five percent of a grape variety on the in the blend, yes, you that's you a pretty variety. Much, yeah, that's it. So in some vintages, we would blend no Cabernet so Franc. So is that why your Merlot is so delicious? Because <laughs> <laughs> Merlot is a poor old thing. I mean, I always say, I just said earlier to this gorgeous Constance um, Delea, who is the um, one of the winemakers at Lallier in Champagne, mm. and she did her training at Chateau Petrus. Wow. I always say the only Merlot I really drink is for truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Merlot has uh, unfortunately got such a stigma, especially in in, in South Africa. The and, Johannesburgites uh, love it. The Gautengers <laughs> love Merlot for whatever reason they love, and particularly Eagles Nest Merlot. I think that um, that Vickers at Marble uses it almost as by the glass wine. He does Merlot. I mean, absolutely. And it is it flies out of there because it's soft and velvety and silky and it slips down like a homesick mole. It's gorgeous. <laughs> we love your Merlot. Absolutely. I thank you. And uh, I think that, you know often the perception is is smooth, easier, more accessible wine. Um you know our Merlots tend to be they uh, absolutely the ones that you would have tasted last night and mm. and, and that one would taste at marble show those characteristics. Um but you know when we bottle them they can be quite big chunky wine um, yeah. but what we we have a philosophy to to bottle mature the wines for an extended period so the yes. 2015 the current vintage in the market would have been bottled at the end of 2016 so that means the wine is at two and a half years bottle yeah, maturation yeah. now so they then you know are ready to drink they do show yeah. those beautiful characteristics that and martin of course to. is a bit of a merlot fiend he made beautiful merlot at his own property in devon valley um so that's good for you i didn't realize that he was your consultant mm-hmm. so Onto the Viognier, it's quite an interesting white grape varietal to choose as your varietal of choice on the farm. Viognier is such a pretty white grape um, and well handled, delivers some of the prettiest white wine in the world. Your one, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think I mentioned to you yesterday that the Viognier's that I love from France, I love with all my heart. But... We started to produce some very, very nice Viognier in South Africa, but a lot of them are very heady and alcoholic, and yours isn't. Mm. Tell us about yours. Mm. Absolutely. Um, you know, Viognier is a grape variety that needs um, long hang times for mm. it to develop those beautiful aromatics and characteristics that you just refer to. Jasmine and sort of... Turkish delight almost type stuff. It's almost like a mini wannabe Gewürztraminer or something. It's just so pretty. Absolutely. And that combines, you know, often with these beautiful tropical fruits, papaya, peaches mm, and apricots. Mangoes, yeah. Mangoes. Um, you know, it is of, of such an intriguing grape variety. But mm. in South Africa, again, quite, um, you know, quite diverse in terms of the styles and I mean you would yeah. probably know better than or would know better than I do in terms of there's probably 15 20 single variety Viognier's but yeah, stylistically not, maybe not even that many mm. but yeah your question on on what makes ours different is um, you know Constantia is you know within the South African context uh, cooler uh, growing region climatically and that affords us the opportunity you know to have um, extended hang times on mm. on our, our mm. vines or on the on the grapes and you know that creates that phenolic ripeness 
um, you know, which is so critical in reds, but also, you know, with, with white varieties, you know, Viognier develops those beautiful aromatics very late in season. And, you yeah, know, we were saying, so the sugars are sky high and they convert to massive alcohol. So you end up with this blow your head off white wine in order to get the flavors. Exactly. And you end uh, invariably end up with higher alcohol or higher sugars. And then often those need to be, you know, uh, you know, thrown Tempered. a whole lot of wood yeah. thrown at them just mm. to bring them into balance. Where our focus is on freshness and the and the um, and the aromatics, so we benefit from the long hang times. It develops those aromatics, it preserves a lot of freshness, and then when it gets to the cellar, you know we have minimal intervention with wood, only big 500 liter yeah. barrels, um, second and third full barrels, just to focus on those arom- arom- aromatics. You want to smell and taste the grape. You don't want to smell and taste the barrel. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we get on your Viognier. And then we move on to your flagship, really, as I see it, of mm-hmm. the Eagle's Nest um, little portfolio is your Shiraz. It's won almost every award in the book. It's had Platter Five Star, I think, one year it got. It It is an extraordinary and exceptional wine to the point where when I tasted it last night, I thought I must just test with you because it's so silky mm-hmm. and so glossy and polished and elegant that... I almost feel like it has to have undergone reverse osmosis or something to have got like that. It's almost like you've cheated on it, which I know you probably haven't. But that's how good it is. How do you get that wine so polished? Yeah, look, it's a it's a, a combination of various factors. I think um, the most important thing is site. Um, you know where the wine is grown. So yeah. this is all 100% estate grown, uh, four hectares grown in the cool. Uh, Constantia Valley. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, Shiraz is a grape variety, um, especially in South Africa. Sometimes you can find quite big and robust examples. Dreadful ones that, that are just all blousy and I call tits and bums. You can't have tits and bums <laughs> wine. You can't do that. Yeah, stylistically, there's various expressions. But yeah, I, I think ours is, is essentially an expression of the site where it comes from. It's cool climate, which means long hang times, and you have. Uh, you know, good tannin ripeness, good phenolic so ripeness. So sort of hangs on that plant. So everybody knows what we're talking about these hang times. It just hangs gently on that plant and can take as long as it needs to to develop the right balance of sugar and juice and tannin and everything that we want it to produce for us. So it's got, by the time we pick it, it hasn't ripened in 24 hours in a very hot, sun, sunny day and got everything out of balance you know what it's like if you get sunburnt all at once. You go bright red and you get blisters and you peel and you get freckles. <laughs> so you're not going to be pretty. But if you go every day for 10 minutes in the sun, you end up with a lovely glow, sort of bronze look, don't you? It's exactly the same uh, for the grape. Absolutely. I love that analogy. It's, yeah. it's exactly that. It's it just, uh, you know, it's slow, slow ripening. And, yeah. And, um, um, it just, you know, those top mountain blocks when you look down to the sea and the wind gusting of the ocean. I mean, we pick our last batches of Shiraz as late as middle of April. You really? Know, uh, when mo- most winemakers have packed up and are away on Easter weekends. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are uh, picking those last blocks of Shiraz in a phenomenal mm. long hang time. So the combination of the cool climate, 
you know, our soils, um, it's decomposed granite soils, but it's overlaid with a very high density of Table Mountain sandstone rock. And this also gets this, you know, creates this curbing effect on the mm. vineyard where, mm. you know, you've got incredibly small berries, but the concentration of fruit that you find it's there is, mm. is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then thirdly, as I mentioned earlier, the fact that we can um, create all these various micro components and every year there's the temptation to create, you know, to take one of those batches and, and yes. make an individual wine. We essentially produce 12 Shirazes every year um, and, you know, those with Martin and Duran becomes the building blocks. Um, and you only bottle one. And we only bottle one. Yeah. So, so you know, that just creates this incredible layering and yeah, complexity. Yeah, um, And it's, you know, getting the, the proportions and the, you know, that's where the, the artistic side of wine really starts, you know, to get something that, you know, just gets it's it's the perfect balance. It's really all about balance. I'm a Libran and you know Libran people, everything has to be completely 100% balanced out, otherwise it's not going to work. Absolutely. And that one is is one of the the very good examples of how exactly to balance a wine. Detoy, have you got hospitality on the farm? If somebody wants to come and visit, have you got tasting rooms, lunch rooms, restaurants, what have you got? Absolutely. So we open seven days of the week for the public. Um, We have uh, a, we call it a tasting room, um, where we welcome visitors to come and sample our range of wines. As you mentioned, it's a very small and focused range of yeah. of, of wines. We are a small farm, um, so we also try and communicate that in our facilities. Uh, you know, it's not it's not masses of numbers, but more a tranquil, relaxed garden setting. Um, and we and it's so pretty there as well, isn't it? It's a very it's a very popular spot um, amongst locals, um, and yeah, it's a very 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 nice scenic, tranquil setting. And um, so it's all about the wine. And then you know to complement complement that for the last uh, couple of years, we've introduced. Some um, very relaxed uh, cheese and meat uh, oh, and charcuterie platters. So you can come and sample the wines and sit in the garden and have a nice, some nice cheese. Sounds and absolutely meats. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And the ownership of the farm, I think we have to we have to just throw in that there's a little bit of Getty money there, which makes everything completely mm-hmm. and utterly kick ass, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Look, it's a family-owned property. It's been in the family since 1984. Uh, uh, Initially, it was just. A, Is that when they bought it? It's when they bought it, and it was essentially a residential estate up until um, the um, up until 2000 when um, the entire property was was burnt down uh, devastating mountain fire as we have in the Cape in, yes. in the warm summer months um, and it was only in 2000 when the uh, when the um, property was um, was uh, what will when vineyards were first established so yes yeah, very much a family owned and run is it mm. and and of course your neighbor Constantia Glenn same family no, no, it's uh, it's it's they owned independently. Are they? Um, yeah, no, it's it's all independent independent properties. Three independent properties on that side of the valley. Okay, well, it is beautiful. The wine is the best testament to the um, to the passion and the effort and the energy of excellence that goes into everything that is Eagle's Nest. It really is a fabulous property. It's a quite an unknown little property. It flies under the radar. It quietly wins awards and does its stuff. And I get the feeling that it's not really about the awards, but it's about what's in the bottle. It's it's about the drinking of the wine, because. Every year from from Eagles Nest seems to get better. So thank you very very much. Um, if anybody is wanting to visit, you can get hold of of Detoy. 
um, on D Hoffman. It's D H O F M A N at Eagles Nest Wines, all one word, EaglesNestWines.com. Or, of course, you can just go online and look at Eagle Nest Wines at www.eaglenestwines.com. And do yourselves a favor. I don't often enthuse about wine to the point that I have. That Shiraz was extraordinary. It was really delicious. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again for the kind comments and for, for having us. Anytime. Thanks to Toy. Listen, listen to the future on Touch HD.